and welcome back to Simpler Sound. As you may have noticed, we missed last week because I am a terrible person and I had a bit of an emergency. And did you know Warp Tour um, is not as happy and always cheery as uh, Mark Hoppus once depicted it? I feel like uh, you canceled last week because you didn't want to talk about the uh, the Warp Tour stuff. Oh, like about the stuff, like the 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 large issues that have been occurring at the Warp Tour over the past fifteen days. Yes. Well, there have been large issues, notably with uh, bandwagon bus breakdowns and crew issues uh, that I've been experiencing. But I assume that you meant over the issue of uh, from Porchstep being invited to play the tour. Yeah, uh, that was the main thing. We can talk about that later on in the show. How was your Fourth of July? Fourth of July. That feels like so long ago now. Uh, it, was. it was good. Uh, we did this thing in New York City called Escape the Room. Oh, I've where, heard about those. I've never actually done them, but yeah, I, I think they're like relatively new. It was pretty fun. It was a. It was um, Grace, myself, Thomas, his girlfriend, and some of our other friends, um, and we went to this. It was like a theat. So this thing called Escape the Room. They have pop up locations over Manhattan, um, just Manhattan, I think. And they kind of take this location and turn it into a room with lots of clues and tricks and locks and keys that you have to figure out and break out of within an hour or a half an hour. I think it's an hour. And um, we did that on the 3rd of July in this theater setting. And we made it out with like three minutes left. It was really cool and fun. Um, I would definitely do it again. And like there are other options or different options as they come up. I definitely would recommend it. It was... Uh, it was I had I had had not had an experience like that, and I, I don't think probably anyone has. So it was a fun kind of change of pace on a Friday night. Great. Well, I'll have to uh, I'll have to check it out then. How was your Fourth of July? Um, it was good. It was uh, I went to see Bare Naked Ladies. Oh right. And uh, the violent. What was Fems. your favorite? Can you re-sing your favorite part of the show? Uh, my favorite part of the show. Um. Hmm. So you have no, you will have no idea what any of this is, but uh, the opener was this guy um, Colin Hay, who was in a band called Men at Work. Never um, heard of them. You've never heard of them. They had a song called uh, "Land Down Under." You might have heard that song in like a movie or something. Um, but now he's a solo artist, and uh, they all Men at Work also had another big song called "Who Could It Be Now." Um, and they did. They had like a a jam with uh, the guy who plays sax for the violent femmes and Colin Hay and they did this song and it was a lot of fun. Very nice. Um, and, I, and the violent femmes were there. So I am way more punk rock than you are. Yeah. I mean, we knew that I, I want to create a, a five minute or less podcast called punk or not and go through items and release two episodes a week. I feel like if, uh, if you ever listened to the violent femmes, you would immediately understand against me. Uh, I, un I do understand against me, but you would understand them that much more. Do you think I would like them though? Like, no, I don't know. Like listening to no band has necessarily made me like another band just because it like, sound like listening to listen, listen, uh, I, I like, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to like, like that band just because I probably wouldn't like violent femmes either. I'm just saying like, if you, if you 
listen to Violent Femmes, you can understand why Against Me sounds like what they do. Okay. Maybe one day. Or like Early well, Against for- Me was basically just like, well, it's sound kind of like the Violent Femmes. Okay. So if I listen to the Violent Femmes, I would uh, be able to listen to Against Me and then I would be able to understand Early Gaslight Anthem. Which is just early against me. I don't like early Gaslight Anthem. Me neither. But I think that's because I don't like against me and the Violent Femmes. Um, you see the issue here? They only, the only Gaslight Anthem thing that resonated with me really was uh, 59 Sound. I think the other two records have been not good. Three records. Whew, three mm. records have been Big, not, not that good. My favorite Gaslight record is a new one. Get her. Oh, it's raw. You're wrong. Real, real, I, why am I wrong? I'm not saying that you're wrong. Well, I just thought I think it's bad. I think it's great, and I also do love 59 Sound and then Portions, but not nearly all of uh, American Slang or uh, Handwritten. But man, there's a couple songs on Handwritten that are just like hits in my mind. But like 45, just a hit. Missed hit in my mind. Yeah, it was kind of paid by numbers. Opening track, missed hit, just like Weightless by All Time Low. In a completely different sound. Missed hey, hit. Hey man, weightless is gold. It is gold. Um, but like I think it could have been go billion times platinum, is all I'm saying. I don't think it could have been a billion I times think, platinum. I think it could have been on now uh twenty seven. Mm, I don't know. I think now twenty seven was a little a little before then anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Okay. Well, we're back. I had some emergencies. Um, I will probably always have emergencies, but it was not Evan's fault, so you can blame him. Um, and we're back this week, and we'll be back next week, um, unless I have a stroke at a Taylor Swift concert tomorrow and go to heaven. You've got that James Dean day dream look in your eyes, and I got that da- I don't know any of the words to that, but it's a great song. Thing that you like. It's a great song. And when we come crashing down, we fall back every time because we never go out of style. We never go out of style. Oh, some some guy said he was going to unsubscribe if I sang more songs he on the show. We, so. we lost him. <laughs> I, think, I think we lost him. Sorry, guy. But I'm pretty excited. I've never been to like a, a concert like that, you know? Um, you know, oh, oh, can I say this before I forget? Um, yeah, yeah. So when I was home, I did my my like quarterly four time a year thing where I listened to pop radio just to figure out like what. Oh, sure. Totally. Like, like what's happening in the world and what I'm totally out of tune with. Um, wow. What's the, going on there? This is a lot of weird stuff going on on, on it, pop is radio. It, is it just Taylor Swift? It's a lot of Taylor Swift. It's a lot of. A lot of uh, mostly style, a little blank space, a little less bad blood. But um, she's like on it right now. There's like I I frequently hear three different Taylor Swift songs on the radio. Yeah. Um, and then the song that I heard the most, uh, which I just don't understand, is Hey Mom. No, yeah, Hey Mama. Never heard of that one. It's Nicki Minaj, BB mm. Rexa. Oh, and, and David, uh, David Guetta. 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 I think it's Guetta. Got it. Yeah, she um, wrote uh Rexa wrote that song, I think. Or... I I just uh I don't I it's weird. It's a weird song. Um I heard Cheerleader by Omi, which I which I think is a thing, not good. Um and then I heard possibly the most annoying song I've ever heard in my life. Uh Honey I'm Good by Andy Grammer. 
Who's that? I know that name. I just... He's, it's basically like the song is like uh, the new Cotton Eye Joe. Oh. It's like one it's like one of those weird like redneck sounding things and it's just it just makes you want to drive your car off a cliff. Okay. Well, that sounds bad. Yeah. I didn't Did hear you any fi- didn't hear didn't hear any 50 cent, which is too bad cuz that guy could use the money these days. Did you go to cookout? I did go to cookout. How many times? Just once. Liar. Um yeah, I haven't been to a concert, so I'm pretty excited. Like a concert like that. I've seen Green Day and Blink in uh, Madison Square Garden and Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy probably is the most concerty thing I've been to. Like Green Day just put on like a show. Blink just put on a show, you know, like a normal show. Fall Out Boy on the uh, Save Rock and Roll Arena tour was a little more um, theatrical, maybe is the right word. Uh, or had more production, but I know this Taylor Swift show will just be kind of like wild. Um, yeah. Have you ever been to a concert like that? I mean, I went to see One Direction last year. Oh, right. I totally forgot about that. That yeah. definitely counts. <laughs> uh, and then I saw McCartney at Nats Park uh, two or three years ago. And that's where I'm going, right? Yes. Yeah. And McCartney yeah. was great, man. Yeah. I hope that when I'm 70 years old, I can, you know, do what he's doing. He played for three hours and he's just. You think you'll still be able to sing like you do now, basically? Uh, he's a way worse singer than I am. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, he was he was croaking his way through some of that stuff, but you know, I figure uh, he will be the next one to go, and then it'll just be Ringo and Lord help us all. Where do you think Tom uh, DeLong will be at as a vocalist at seventy? Uh, I think aliens will have stolen his voice and used it for a science experiment. Damn! Have you seen this new Martian movie trailer? Uh, yeah, it's not for me. Can we have two quick movie catch-up moments? Sure. I uh, watched Jurassic Park two weeks ago. Which is great. For the first time. Um, and then I watched Jurassic World yesterday. Which is great. I thought Jurassic I thought Jurassic Park was good. I thought it held up. I definitely, obviously, could imagine being like a 5 to a 10-year-old or even like a 14-year-old and being mystified by that movie, you know, when it came out. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Nothing was like, oh my God. But this movie, Jurassic World, if I was like a five-year-old or a 10-year-old now, like that was pretty wild. Pretty wild. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Uh, My favorite uh, was Jimmy Buffett, the Jimmy Buffett cameo. Yeah, I was good. I thought it was just, I would, I would see it again. Really, really enjoyed it. Was a, was a good balance. Um, I'm excited to see them bastardize it with five more in the future. (laughs) yeah, I think uh, I think there will be there will be more sequels. Oh, there sure. there will be uh, I think at least a uh, a trilogy actually, at least um, contractually. Um, I also saw Inside Out. We talked about it? we talked about this on the last show, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that seemed like not too long. Who's your friend? Lights play. Bing bong, bing bong. Oh yeah, we talked about it. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe we should start a podcast. Let's do it. Okay, we haven't hit record yet, so. Um, first, we're, we have a few questions. We're going to start off with three questions. If you ever have questions for Simpler Sound, you can uh, head to our website, simplersound.fm, uh, and ask a question on our Tumblr. You can tweet hashtag AskSS or t- uh, reply to at Evan Lucy or at Zizarillo, or um, you can just thread in uh, to stop listening to the show if Evan continues to sing. Um, You've got that James Dean Day dream. 
Look in your eyes and I got them. That you know that song. I will say that like people knock Taylor Swift for a lot of things, but I feel the humanity in that song. Do you? That's one of my I. I feel like I get bothered by the amount of times I feel like I hurry hear the name James Dean in a song. Okay, mostly when you listen to the Gaslight Anthem. Is that it? They yeah, Betty Davis and and Monroe yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I get a, I get a little annoyed by that, but it's also so like I like I will leave probably tomorrow with that and stuck in my head for a long time. Like that great hit. It's not like annoying. It's a really just good melody throughout. And it, it's like the it's like the secret. I'm gonna claw my uh, nails into your brain melody. You know. Well, I think I think that's probably her best, um, the best vocal on on any one of her songs. I, like again, I feel, oh. I feel the humanity in in the performance, and uh, I think that's what kind of sells the song. I would agree. The real, really good vocal performance. By no means my favorite song of hers, but really good vocal performance. Yeah, good song. She's yeah, really, girl's good. Is good. I uh, I'm gonna wear a Taylor shirt. Uh, Swift. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a Taylor Swift shirt to the concert tomorrow. Oh, you're such a white girl. Grace told me I had to, and I was like, I'm not complaining at all about this decision. Great idea. How much do you think a Taylor Swift T-shirt will cost tomorrow? Forty bucks. Okay. Good to know. Um, What's the first question? You should read it. I, I've been talking too much. All right. It says yo. Yo, with all the management of song debuts, website exclusive, etc., and the write-up to a record's release, are bands even trying out new material before a live audience, aside from My Nemesis, brand new? It says Evans. It's not actually this person's. It's My Nemesis. Uh, Could I can, be, though. I can see why bands want to rigidly structure song debuts, since playing a song live will have it uploaded on YouTube in minutes. However, I would think playing new material live on tour, if there is a demand for new songs and records by the band, could boost interest in the shows. And that is by Eastbound Kid 2FKD. Good listener. Good good, good guy. Good Twitterer. Thank you for the question. Um, so I actually uh, will say that one of the things that I as a listener fall into uh is is the classic trap of demoitis mm. and i imagine you as a manager kind of kind of can commiserate with this oh well. interesting so from management standpoint i get demoitis of song names not of the music <laughs> okay so you never so none of your bands have ever sent you demos and then you've heard the record and you go oh this is way worse they have oh never been worse i i typically try not to metal too much um because i i don't necessarily feel super super comfortable giving critique and just for example of my experience so far like knuckle puck have kind of always gone in and out of the studio and then there's music and sorority noise i got a boatload of demos for joy departed um and then the album songs are all way better but i i know what you mean and and i like uh i, I have just so for management like all the songs on Knuckle Puck's upcoming album, Copacetic, like most of them had different song titles when I got it to where it is now. And we all still call, we were talking about the album this past weekend on Warped and we were calling songs by the wrong name still. Uh, <laughs> and it's been done for months. Um, I will say, and this is kind of a weird case of it. Um, you know, the alternative versions to Asthenia on Untitled? Yeah. I, I have 
kind of demoitis of those songs, even though I found those YouTube demos years after the album came out. 18, I want to be different. Yeah, I love that. I love the, there's three different versions of that song, essentially, or four even. And I really like them all. And that, but I know what you mean. Um, that That's a real thing, I think. Okay, so I feel like, oh, so one of the bands who's notorious for playing stuff live before it comes out and kind of road testing stuff is Third Eye Blind. They they have played, you know, versions oh, really? of, of these, at least the songs on the last, like, two records for years and years and years before the records ever actually came out. Well, that's because they don't release music. Right, so so by the time that, that, um, that Stephen Jenkins just tinkers with the songs, they are wildly different than what they played, right? Um, so there are a lot of third eye blind fans who go, Oh, you ruined the song that I love so much because when you played it live in this moment, it was, it was this, it was great. And then you tinkered with it so much and you cut out all my favorite parts. So, uh, in talking with him, he has kind of, he says he's not going to make any more records. And I think that's kind of, did he? Yeah. He's not going to make, they're not going to make records, traditional records. What they're going to do is like release music as they have it. I hate that. So, you know, I, I talked to him like last month and basically he's he said like, you know, when does I, I never think that songs are done. I think there's a time where you have to release them, but that doesn't mean the song's ever done. Um, I kind of like that. So they were playing songs on this tour like and they kind of took on a different shape than the way that they had recorded them five, ten years ago or whatever. So what he, you know would like to do or he said like one of the ideas that he was thinking about was like you know you record a song you write a song you record it and then it just kind of naturally ebbs and flows and it changes over time and then you can come back maybe two weeks six months a year later and play and record it again the way you're playing it now and the way it's changed and adapted over time um so you can kind of trace the evolution of the song so but but for for a long time they were notorious for playing songs live and um then years later when they came out um they were just wildly different and um i think that's a real risk that you run unless you're you know you're done with a record and, but you know at the same time like you don't want to go to a show and hear a band play songs you don't know Hmm. It's, yeah. it's fun if you're if you know if the band is like new music starved like brand new right and you get to hear a new song but if a band has a record that's done and they're like we're gonna play six songs off the new records not out for three more months like um yeah i, shut up I agree i uh i don't really have too many positive or negative experiences with this one positive i can experience experience i can think of was like Brand new debuted bed from Daisy at the first show I ever saw brand new play. And it was like a small 500 cap show. And that was cool. Like I was really just excited. You know, it felt cool to be there to hear it for the first time. Um, you know, my general thing with songs and is that I'm like a lyric person. Um, and so if I like the band and I, that probably means I like their lyrics to an extent and if I just can can completely like not grasp what they are, it's not like a turnoff. It's, you know, they're playing it live for some of the first times. It's fine. It's just like, I don't know the songs and I like knowing the songs. Um, like one, one comment I thought was actually really recent and kind of pertinent to this discussion was um, Absolute Punk, like a week and a half ago, posted a video of the Wonder Years playing Cardinals for the first time live. I was, I was going to mention that too. And the audio quality was just a disaster. It was like, it was beeping, like it was peaking, it was going in and out. And the first comment was, 
I'm really glad they released the song first before playing it live. And I was like, damn, that's a great comment. And that's the thing. Like, if you're going to, I think it's a little different if you're in the vacuum of just seeing a band play a song live for the first time or just seeing them play it live in general. But if when those horrible YouTube videos go online and the react and the, the sound quality is just terrible and you have nothing else to go to listen to to make the song clear for you, I think it's automatically a negative experience. Um, and, and that to me would be like the one real downside of doing it because you cannot control the quality of what that song sounds like online if it if the real version is not out there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I will also say that, uh, you know, as, as we tape this, I'm sitting here watching the, uh, the Home Run Derby. And before... Oh, thank you on. for being so intent on our uh, listening experience, Evan. I'm just trying to, you know, I got money on this thing, and my guy's about to lose, and uh, in the first in the first round, so it's disappointing. Who's your uh, money on? Uh, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. How much money? I'm not going to tell you. Why didn't we put money on it? Because I don't think you care about the home run derby. Why? What can we put money on? How many people have turned this podcast off by now? <laughs> well, it's incapable of, of knowing. <laughs> um. So Walk the Moon did they they played Shut Up and Dance before the thing because they are from Cincinnati and this is Hit uh, me with that chorus. Oh, don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said you're holding back. She said, Shut up and dance with me. Um Again, good at it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I saw Walk the Moon open for Panic at the disco in uh was it last summer? Might have been last summer. And they played Shut Up and Dance. And they said, this is a new song. It's called Shut Up and Dance. And they played it. And immediately after they played it, I said, oh my God, I got to hear that song again. That's awesome. That's an incredible song. But the record didn't come out for like five more months. So I so was that ju- song wasn't out yet? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was like out for a while and then took over. No, the record didn't come out until December. Oh, that's wild. So they had they were playing it for months before the record came out. And I just could not, I just wanted to hear the song again. And that was exciting because it made you like, in, you know, interested in the band again. But as a, as a listener, it was frustrating because I didn't have all I had to go off of were those terrible YouTube videos. There was no like official version of the song, kind of like the Wonder Years thing. Um, but it made me really excited for the record. Uh, so it kind of, I don't know, it, it, it worked in both ways. It was frustrating, but it was also really exciting. They probably would have liked to have the record out too. It could have been like a major label thing. Yeah, um, I don't know why you would put it out in December. It just kind of—I think the, re- the label was like, "Oh, maybe just put this out here," and then they—and then the song took off, and the rest is history. Right. Yeah, I, I like it and I don't like it. I also don't really care. Um, I think, like you know, uh, the question included the comment that brand new have been playing a new song called uh, "Meanie Live." Oh, sorry, no, "Seal to Me Live," or they've played it a few times and they haven't released it. And from what I can tell, they hadn't even act. They have. They had not even at that point started uh, recording it. I think it was probably a case of like the band wrote it and were like, this is cool. Let's play it. And, you know, I want I mean, I I guess it's possible that we won't even see it on the album Um, that may or may not be an EP. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Manchester Orchestra also does this, too. Oh, Manchester Orchestra always does this. Oh, you know, what? Kevin also does this. But with Manchester, um, but a, like the songs, the songs go go from one dynamic to the other. I, I remember like Andy played um, the first time I heard the demo version of Apprehension. It was like this very quiet little, oh like, yeah, like little very um, 
very quiet, very delicate song. Um, and someone it's like Kevin... talking about a miscarriage, like it's kind of the way the song should be. And then they played it live, and it was like, whoa, this is like way different than I remember it. But for most people, like they would never know what the song originally sounded like, so it, it was whatever. So it's just demoitis again, kind of. Right. And someone like Kevin, if you hear him play new songs acoustic, you're really going to probably be able to get a sense of what the song is because it's not going to be blasted out by like, you know, distorted guitars and drums. So those three artists, Kevin, Brand New and Manchester, all are interesting because they can all debut new songs in more toned down forms or, or loud forms. So it kind of depends on how you get it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank uh, you for the question. Great question. Great question. Uh, I will read the next question. Um, Zach, concerning your reaction to pet sounds, one thing to keep in mind that I think would, uh, that I think would help you appreciate the music on that album would be to listen to a song like God only knows and try to count the diff, the, the number of instruments, vocal parts, time changes and chord changes. And keep in mind, every note was written or arranged and produced by a single person, um, that was in fact totally deaf in one year and was at the time suffering from schizophrenia. Like Brian, Brian Wilson was crazy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. That you may not know the answer to. Do you ever stop su- suffering from schizophrenia? You may not know the answer to that. I have no idea. Okay. I just wonder. Um uh I will say that I don't not appreciate music from the Beach Boys or the Beatles or uh Elvis whatever. Um it's just not really for me. I think they're good songs. Um I have listened to probably songs from pet sounds hundreds of times over the course of my life in passing or on the radio or i i took a class solely on the beatles for three months um i've listened to a lot of all this music it just doesn't necessarily you know i've never thought i've never ever once felt i want to listen to this song again um outside of class or the radio or at a party or whatever um you should that, you should maybe. really read more just for your own personal curiosity about more about um Brian Wilson's life. He's had a very uh I do know a lot about his life. Um in fact, a family member of mine plays drums in his band, so in the Beach Boys? Uh in Brian Wilson's band. And he did the Beach Boys tour, yeah. Okay. Um yeah. so basically he, you know, was he was a he was a very big drug abuser and then he hired this guy named Eugene Landy who um was high it was tasked with basically weaning him off these drugs but then he basically brainwashed him and made him incapable of existing without him he was like very abusive oh, like, I, like I heard of that. emotionally abusive uh person um and then brian wilson would just like he just would just sit in bed and eat all day and gained a ton of weight um and was just a crazy person but um it's kind of sad. I was watching, um, I think it was over Christmas, I was watching this Beach Boys live concert DVD, and he was the worst out of all of them. It was actually really sad to watch. Um, the rest of them, they're like, oh, you know, they're kind of old guys, like just doing the best they can. But Brian Wilson was really struggling up there. Um, yeah, I believe that he has to have a, uh, like, um, shit. What are the things that politicians use to read off speeches? Teleprompter? Yeah, he. I believe he has to have like teleprompters on stage to read the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, um, which maybe like Tom DeLonge should do. Or <laughs> Jesse Lacey. He's got yeah. He's gotten um, bad. But bad, it, but at yeah. least there's a great Bare Naked Ladies song about it. 
Is there? About uh It was their first uh, hit. It's called Brian Wilson. Really? Lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. Well I lying don't know in that bed, one. just like Brian Wilson did. Yeah. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Um So you just don't I, so you just don't care. You just don't care about this music that's fine no it's like and again i don't think any i do here's a controversial opinion i really do not care at all for the beatles um at all um at all um i don't think they're bad i think some of it's really bad um we uh, I'm very aware that they I'm very aware that any of the music I listen to is largely in part because of the Beatles and yada yada um, but I think a lot of it is bad and overrated um, but anyway I, I appreciate all of that stuff it's just I just don't want to go home and listen to it even if it's interesting like a lot of it is super interesting a lot of a lot of th- like there's a lot that's interesting about whatever jay-z but i don't like jay-z's music because you're not because you're a businessman not a businessman um i would say i'm both there's a guy in the crowd at this thing with a sign that says bang biscuit what is that i don't like a sexual reference i think it's the title of this episode bang biscuit um okay i mean i'm fine with that or we can start a band called bang biscuit (laughs) and that could be the album cover maybe yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Well, sounds like we have a plan then. Great. So uh, thank you for your question, uh, anonymous person. What instrument do you play in Bang Basuit? I play the, the, the spoons. The spoons. Yeah. I play the triangle. That's a, it's a very auxiliary percussion heavy band. Hey, Amen. That's how we roll here. Yeah. yeah. Right. I would get What's... some, we could probably get some pretty good pitchfork coverage, honestly. Uh, Bang Biscuit? No doubt. Yeah. It's like they cover oh, Diarrhea Planet, so I feel like they're definitely gonna cover Bang Biscuit. This freeform jazz trio skews regular instruments in favor of spoons in a triangle. <laughs> I feel like it's just a pitchforks alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's one more, I think, right? Yes. So I uh there's no name on this. I apologize. Um, I am not overly familiar with the Paramore song in question, Misery Business, but if Haley Williams no longer stands by her lyrics, why not alter them when performing the song? This seems to have worked for Mila when the Descendants perform I'm Not a Loser these days. I, I think some artists do this, and actually this is maybe even more along the lines of what um, Evan was saying about Stephen Jenkins earlier with Third Eye Blind. Like Some you know artists definitely change lyrics to the song like or just add little inflections, which I really like. Like, Soupy from the Wonder Years will say it was me uh, in uh, on a song off of Suburbia. Uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he when he sings about like Chicago and whether it was desperate, and he goes, "It was me and Adam Lazara from Taking Back Sunday uh, in Cute Without the uh, Cute Without the E um, changes the line." And you know, lots of artists do little. He says all of this stuff. was all my fault. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, and I really like that. Um, and Kevin, for example, he'll often put in bridges or choruses of other artists' songs into like Cotton Crush and other things. Um, but a lot of artists, I think, like to keep it the same just because maybe that's what the fans like and paid for and uh, have nostalgia of, right? 
I will say that that I I saw MXPX last year, and uh, it was very weird. Alistair opened, and Alistair was very bad, um, very bad. Um, but MXPX, I, I I you know I I I've never talked to Mike about this, so I can't really be too definitive about it. But I do. I'm pretty sure that he no longer believes a lot of the things that he believed when he was a younger person, especially as it relates to the identity of that band for a long time. Uh, so I am pretty sure I heard him change the words of some of the songs that directly reference God. Yeah. And some bands do like little jokey things. I think it's just different for every band. Modern baseball will change lots of lyrics, like just on the fly as like little jokes about some of the other, like about members in the band. Um, I'm kind of cool with whatever. Um, I like Haley doesn't sing that part. She like puts out the microphone to fans like you'll often see bands i think that don't want to sing certain lyrics do that don't they have some don't, don't they bring someone up on stage to sing misery business the last part not like that part oh okay. yeah yeah they always do my friend did it my friend was called on in new york it was really cool oh um yeah um well those are our questions i don't know Haley. if you would like to uh to call in and, and answer this question please feel free you can uh Hit us up on Twitter at uh, Simpler Sound FM or me at Evan Lucy. First time caller, long time ginger. Mm, no, let's move on. Okay. That was not good. All right. So, um, a lot has happened since the last time we talked, but one of the things that I know has been kind of percolating for a while that finally got announced uh, your favorite band, Sleeping with Sirens, is going on tour. <sighs> Um, you know, I really just like how, um, for the first two years of covering the band on the website, I thought, um, Sleeping With Sirens had a girl vocalist. Yikes. They announced a tour, though. They did. It's, it's, uh, called Back to the Future Hearts. It is a tour with All Time Low. And, uh, it's got one okay rock. Is that opening. a play on a um, movie I've never watched? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, they one uh, okay rock is from Japan. I'm asking about the 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 tour name. Oh, Back to the Future Hearts. Yes, it's a Back to the Future. You literally never seen Back to the Future. Literally have never seen it. <sighs> Just like Star Wars. That's heavy. I know, man. Blame my parents. They're gonna listen to this. You can you can shame them if you'd like to. Back to the Future came out thirty years ago, I think, last week. Wow! Imagine being that old, thirty years. That's a great movie, man. I think I, I'm sure it is. I I just I couldn't tell you. How have you not watched that movie? Um, I I didn't watch Jurassic Park until two weeks ago, man. Ah, <sighs> great Scott, great Scott. Well. Yes, it's a big tour. What what kind of rooms are they in, Evan? Big rooms. They're playing uh, Echo Stage here in D.C., which is a 6,000 cap room. Woo! And they're playing a well, similar size room at, called the Theater at Madison Square Garden. Huge. Very big for them. I'm really happy. It's uh, it's a, uh, It's been a very slow grind for them, and it got really well, big. You think slow? I mean, it's been... It, I, don't, I think it's been a long, successful journey. Well, I mean, like, to get to this point, right? Because we thought that there was a point where they were going to hit this probably a while ago. Right, on uh, Nothing and, and Personal. Th- 
nothing personal. And then they took a step back, and it's been a build. It's been a rebuilding a bit for them to get back to this point, to get bigger. They're bigger now ever. than they ever right. were, which it's is crazy. Been incredible patience and care and work, and I, I really, truly, truly applaud it. And um, I applaud Hopeless Records for it as well. Been really, they, honestly, crazy. Their uh, their song "Something's Got to Give," which is the lead single on the new album "Future Hearts," is on the next Now compilation. Mm, yeah, I talked with um, my friend who runs the label on Saturday at Warp Tour about it. And he was like, "It's so cool. It's really just going," and they are so super duper happy about it all. Obviously, like that doesn't happen if you're you know a nobody. Those compilations are are uh, you know those are big deals. Yeah, and and if and. And I mean, there's definitely probably, I assume we've not heard of most of the bands if we look through the track listing, but like it shows that the band has weight, you know? Um, so they're no longer weightless? I forgot why we took last week off, but I, I remember it now. Hmm. Well, um <laughs> I think it's cool. I think we'll probably see another band added as support, but who knows? Um, but I, I think it's a big deal. I'm curious. You know, I have I they're big rooms. I have uh, I think decent concern over seeping with Siren's effect on the tour. Um, I think we all expected Sleeping with Siren's to you know sell twenty thousand more records than they did first week, which is probably when they had the tour booked by and they didn't. And I just wonder, I wonder what the desire for kids to see sleeping with sirens is right now. And, and whether that brings a thousand tickets, um, that weren't going to see all time low on their own anyway. You know, I'm curious. It's a big so you tour. Want, you want to know the track? You, you want to know the track list for, uh, for now 55. Sure. Tell me how many of these people, you know, okay. Just the, Ellie- you're just going to tell me the artist names. Ellie Golding. Know her. Tove Low. Uh, I think. Because if we're talking bodies. I don't know. You gotta put the ones. Jason Derulo. Yep. Fifth Harmony featuring Kid Inc. I've never heard that never song. Never heard them, them. David Guetta featuring Nicki Minaj, BB Rexa, and Afrojack. Know that one. Omi, cheerleader. Just say the artist names. What's the art? Ma- wait, wait. What's the artist name then? Uh, Omi. Don't know. Major Laser with M O and DJ oh, I do, Snake. I do know that we talk about that guy and off the record. Skrillex and Diplo with Bieber. Yep. Pitbull. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. Nick Jonas, Maroon Five, Andy Graham, or Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Little Big Town, something called Conrad Sewell, uh, Jadena featuring Roman G and Arthur, All Time Low, and Small Pools. Small Pools. What is, yeah. that's like a hmm, weird that's really fun that's really wild um that's yeah. phenomenal exposure for them Jeez. and those things still sell that's going to be the number one album when it comes out if not it'll be top five certainly no it'll be it'll be number one uh, those they've actually been actually you're kind things. you're kind of wrong they've been dropping off incredibly every time they release them but um, no they, but they still but they people, still nobody do, i promise you they if they're up against anything else competitive they will lose but i doubt i i, I, I would take that bet how much, man? We'll do it right here. Ten thousand dollars. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Deal. When's it come out? August seventh. Deal. Cool. Guys, you just witnessed history. First live bet on. There's the thing, man. Podcast. I look at the charts every single week. 
I'm good. I I feel I feel confident. Okay. I mean, um, I don't really. But, it's fine either way. But but this is a great tour. Um, I think it's a good tour. Um, I don't know that it's a great tour. I'm ex- I, I'm I mean, really excited it's lost for them. A little bit of its luster, considering the Sleeping with Sirens record tanked. Right. But um, also, I would not say that. It, I mean, it, they still sold a boatload of records for. But you know, I think. I wonder what we would be saying about this tour now if each band sold 70,000 copies first week, you know? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's not the reality of the situation. Totally. So, I think it is a really good tour. I, I Here's the other good thing I would say is doing a tour like this, as long as it is moderately successful, means that they can do another tour like this. Um, yep. It, this tour does not mean to sell out. It will probably not sell out. And that's okay. Like a day to remember doing that first arena tour with Pierce the Veil, All Time Low in the Wonder Years, didn't go too great. It went good, but it was more about getting in there and so they could do it again. Um, and I, I have a large feeling that this is just part of what All Time Low wants to do with this tour. And I think that's great. Um, I, I really think this could be just a slow door opening for our entire scene. You know, if like we can have a day to remember and All Time Low and probably next Pierce the Veil doing tours like this, it naturally opens up our world of music to more and more and more people. Um, and, you know, of, of course, these are different kinds of bands, but I'm just curious to see what, you know, Brand New does next when they do do a larger tour. Um, you know, Brand New is more popular than All Time Low. Um, I wonder if they could do venues like this successfully too. And they're totally different ball games and worlds, but I'm just curious if, if there's any sustainability for our bands in our community at levels this size without being a band like Rise Against or Paramore. Um, I'm curious. I will say that Rise Against is playing here uh, at the Fillmore and it's not sold out. No shit. Yeah. When is that? Uh, oh, it's like a weird package. It's just, like there's no support. I mean, the sport's like Let Live, I think, right? Yeah, Let Live and somebody else. Um I forget who else, but yeah, not sold like out. Let Live? What? Do you like Let Live? I do like Let Live. Interesting band to me. I really want to like it. And I'm just, it's a little too thrashy, maybe is the right word. I saw them live once and it was insane. It was crazy. Great. First day at Warp Tour a couple of years ago, and dude broke their drum set on the first show at Warp Tour. It was, it, sounds like- it was so sick. Sounds like Jason Butler. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, I would definitely go down the street to watch that band anytime, but I don't know. I just can't really get into it. I like the last song on the first album, I think, uh, 27 Club. Um, Will you be going to the Back to the Future Hearts tour? Um, If I can go for free, I would go. <laughs> um, Just because I'd be curious to see that, you know, that setup and how they do in a, in a, a venue like that. I will say that at this point, I really only like two and a half releases by all time low and i know they probably play like three only three or four songs from all those releases on the tour and that's a little boring for me um but i definitely i think i definitely interested to go i think this is going to be a very new record heavy i agree but you know they'll play three or four songs between nothing personal so wrong so right so wrong it's right and put up or shut up i would imagine um, so yeah, I, w- I wish they would stop playing J.C. Ray. Um, I don't. I, re- I mean, there's I, no, I really there's like no it. point. Why not? People love it. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Just I, the new stuff is way better. They're, they've become I mean, much better songwriters since then. Yeah, but that doesn't. I mean, that 
doesn't that literally does not matter when you it does actually but it does actually matter because the songs are better then you should tell song. every band to never play their first hit song that if it isn't as good as their last that's not song. a hit it wasn't a hit song it though. was for them though like that that was an early fan favorite song that boosted them up like that that's just like saying brand new should never play a song off of your favorite weapon or that, that like blink the, shouldn't play dude uh damn it like what well, the song never had a video you're totally missed you, you weren't even around for this so it was. It's a super popular song. I've seen them play dozens of times, and how well it Bre- goes over. Breakout, breakout, and coffee shop soundtrack were way bigger songs at that time. Coffee shop. I I think coffee shop soundtrack could be played live and would be great. I've seen it live, but like I don't think you can say Jay Z Ray is not a wildly popular song when they play it. Well, that's fine. Um, it it's just I wish they would play other stuff. What if they like playing it? I don't like. I'm gonna I'm gonna write the set list for this tour actually. Oh well, then it would be very bad. It would be great. It would just be all the best songs. Okay. Um, Backseat Serenade eighteen times. Ugh, terrible. It's song. their best song. It's their best song. Really boring song. It's their best song. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go. I would def. I would go. I've never. I've also never seen Sleeping with Sirens, and I have like a faint just interest of seeing them and getting a drink at the bar that will be empty. Um, uh, I saw the world tour, which mm. is the stupidest name for a tour ever. Yeah, like, I was bummed I couldn't go to that. I really wanted to see Pierce the Veil play a show. Uh, uh, I would not have paid for that, but luckily I was able to to get in, and uh, it was a very weird experience. Paris was the best band that played. Great band, and, man. They're gonna take um, over the world. Paris was the best band that played. Don't understand Pierce the Veil and sleeping with sirens didn't sound great so i legitimately think paris will be a uh top 40 band within the next three years i could see it truly legitimately think that very curious about it um band is just like crushing world tour right now <laughs> um also i i want i'm only going to one more show but i really i want to check out the bb rexa thing now especially since that song is so popular i guess um even though i haven't heard it i wonder what her crowds are like um but we have anything else to talk about today evan uh yeah so your favorite band i think your first favorite band some 41 uh have launched a pledge music drive for a brand new album uh scott heisel at substream pointed out and i i I have to think this number is wrong but it, it can't be that wrong that some 41 have sold 30 million albums worldwide do you think that's accurate uh, I feel like they sold a bunch of records in Japan. Maybe that's not fair to say. But well, not uh, millions. I mean, like right. But um, I don't think they've sold thirty million. They've right, sold like that. He, multiple he Substream tweeted basically: Some forty-one who have sold thirty million records worldwide launched Pledge Music campaign, and like Blink have sold thirty million records worldwide. But I just don't feel like that's possible for some forty-one. They've probably like uh, tore, they've probably sold like. 15 to 20 million. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I was just like, 30 million? What? They still um, sold a lot of records to be doing a crowdfunded album. Um, I don't know. Um, whoa, you know what album has sold? Wow. Chuck has sold 5 million records worldwide. Seriously? Pretty crazy, right? How did it sell 5 million? That's like a lot. <laughs> that was a bad album. <laughs> Oh, it's my favorite. The only, the only love... two good, the only two good ones were the first two. Oh man, Chuck is my favorite. Chuck was um, bad. The one after that was worse, and the new one is. I think my actually favorite order goes: Chuck, Does This Look Infected, uh, and then All Killer No Filler, 
and then um, the fourth record, uh, Underclass Hero. There are some good songs on Underclass Hero. No, it was basically um, him trying to write other songs, write, write other band songs. It was, and some of them were huge hits. Um, and then the newest one was Unlistenable. Unlistenable. Just just unlistenable. Anyway, what do you think about them launching a Pledge Music Fund? Uh, so I say this as someone who has not cared about some 41 since uh, Does This Look Infected. <laughs> I don't care. It's kind of weird that uh, maybe this guy just blew all his money. I don't know. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's eyebrow raising. I think I I remember and it got does this uh, screaming bloody murder was released so long ago now in um, 2011. They had major problems with um, with Interscope for this record. Oh no, Island Island for this record. Um, it got delayed so many times. Um, and I, I think that was the end of their contract in general. Um, and I and I think honestly, what might have happened at this point was like Derek Wibley got so messed up, and they had to cancel so many tours that probably like no large label. I imagine a band like Sum Forty One wants a fat advance when they sign a contract, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I imagine just because of how unstable Derek has been over the last three years that no label would want to cash that check. Um, and that now that he's hopefully healthy and wants to get back into things that he wants to be working again and he feels like he needs funding and doesn't want to take the risk and investment on his own. I don't necessarily say that's good or bad. I just think that's probably the case what's happened here. Um, I wish he would ask me to press his vinyl, obviously. Um, I'm pretty excited, though. There's a... There's like a 10% chance there will be some great songs on this record, which does not really give me a, a large chance. But, uh, you know, I'm gener- I'm a large Sum 41 fan, and I'm, I think Sum 41 is like the second best pop punk band, and I'm genuinely excited and hopeful. Um, though I wish the goddamn band would just come back together. I, w- I will likely never listen to this, so let me know how it is. Yeah, there's, there's a chance that I also don't listen to it. Um, but I would like to, <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I have as much desire to, uh, listen to a, uh, to a new Sum 41 record as I do watch a music video these days, any music video. Um, I bet you watched the Wonder Years music video. I did. And I, I kind of half watched it. Um, yeah, only, I, only I because, I... you know, uh, Soupy told me, uh, you know, it's this one shot video and. The concept sounded kind of cool. So, um, when did when did he tell you that? Uh, when I was in uh, San Francisco on uh, the Warp tour. Why were you there? To see you. Oh, okay. We had a moment. You tricked me into drinking a uh, a Monster Energy drink. Oh my god! I was trying to be nice. Like Evan looked hot and a little tired <laughs> under Knuckle Bucks merch, and I was like, "Hey man, take a water." And you and you were like, "No, it's cool." And I was like, "Come on, take the water." And he starts drinking, and he's like. Thanks for the monster jerk. And I was like, ha ha, I know. And then it took me a while to figure out that they had water in those things too. And he's like, no, this is actually a monster. <laughs> and I had never actually seen a real can of monster, normal monster on Warp Tour before. Yeah. Like they have like the like weird alt versions of monster, just like Red Bull has like those alternative versions of Red Bull. But I've never seen a real version of monster. And, uh, the only one I've ever seen, I gave to Evan to drink. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I was talking to Soupy and uh, Megan from Hopeless, and 
I had the can. He goes, yo, 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 that's, that's not water. I was like, yeah, I know. Zach already got me. It's, uh, I've already drank, I already drank half of it, so I might as well. But I really didn't, man, that was great. That's great. That was really, that was, that was an enjoyable tidbit of Warp Tour for me this summer. Um, so what did you think about this video? You, you had a, uh, an interview with Kevin Slack who directed it. I think music videos are nine out of 10 times a waste uh, today. I think that 10th time is really important though. Um, and, you know, frankly, like, I don't think this music video did anything for the Wonder Years that just releasing a new song of, off of a very anticipated record would have done. Um, but I like it. You know, I, it's always, I have never, I mean, I, I had not consciously really watched a one-shot music video before. I have seen um, Teenage Anarchist by Against Me, and I guess I just never clicked that it was a one-shot music video. And I don't know, I like it. I really like the song. I thought it was a good video for the song and music videos to me are just so hard, especially as a manager and a label person, like they're just money pools and you can never really tell if you get the money, if the money is worth it, unless there is that 10th time that's a hit. Like for Knuckle Puck's first video, we did it for a song called No Good and it has been well worth it. You know, we only spent like $1,500 and it's been viewed half a million times on the band's YouTube video, YouTube channel. And like, that was really popular and good. And people still tweet about it all the time. But I don't know, like, you know, the Wonder Years will probably shoot another three music videos off of this record. And I don't know if it ever really matters, but I like the video. I don't know. My, my thoughts on music videos are just never positive, probably. Um, they're just tricky. I don't know. I just don't have time to watch music videos. Um... Well, the thing is, they're not made for you, right? Like they're, like they're made for the person in high school that can watch it and study all. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Like, uh, which is, I think important in that sense. It's just hard to know the payoff really. I was asked to, uh, to, to nominate some, some things for the, the APMAs, which are coming up, uh, I think next week, which is crazy. And, uh, one of the categories was best music video. And I literally just wrote, I don't think I watched a music video since the rock show just pass. I have no idea. Great music video. It was, it was a great music video, but link was so good at music videos. They were, they had some great ones. Um, but I, uh, at this point in my life, don't care about music videos. Uh, they were like, they were the best at them. Really? I could watch all those now. Okay. Go do I it. I might, I might do that right now. I, Evan. I dare you been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to winning my bet, but I also kind of hope I lose it just so all-time low can be bought by 50,000 people. Um, the see, this, that record is also being sold in Claire's. It is. They, they're doing some really cool distro for it. Um, and their fans know, are not happy. Uh, no one cares about their fans. I know, but if you look at the, at the Facebook comments or the Twitter comments, it's like, no. It's okay. Those fans that now call Alex uh, their baby will not even like All Time Low in four years. No, they call so. him dad. Oh, God. Well, they will not even like their dad in four years, um, just like all teenage girls. So. Whoa, that was great. Really? Yeah, it was good. Okay, thanks. Um, thank you for listening to Simpler Sound this week. I'll be back. Evan's voice will be back. Probably Evan will also be back next week. Keep up with us. Ask us questions. Simplersound.fm. You can tweet at Evan or find Evan at Evan Lucy on Twitter and me at Zizarillo. Thank you for tuning in and see ya. Make sure to follow Zach on Twitter so you can get all the T-Swift updates. Woo!